0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Spilled Words. My name is Wamboi. Thank you for taking the time to listen and go with me through this platform. In this episode, I narrate a short story about almost feelings. Lord knows I am not an expert in this, but I've also learned a lot from past situationships and relationships. When it comes to love, I think there's no right way to experience or express it, but there's always a right and individual way to define it. I hope that you, at the very least, know what you won't settle for. I really hope you enjoy this episode. My late teens to early 20s faces of dating were very similar. If I can combine all of them together and use one word to describe them, it would be stupid. There's no going around it or trying to beautify it. I was immature in every sense of the word. I was naive and extremely susceptible to the fantasy of true love. I was having a conversation with my patient one morning and somehow it had drifted to him talking about his wife. He lay in his bed, staring into space, adorably talking about her. How did you stay married for 36 years? I asked. That's quite honestly very impressive and a commitment. Well, there was never a question about me staying or leaving, he responded. I knew I loved this woman. Some days were definitely going to be harder than others. Some of the challenges that came after we got married really put us to test. But it was always her, no matter what. I was impressed with the love story they shared. He described their love with such affection and tenderness. To hear one talk about someone so fondly in their absence is rare. I was still in the room setting up his new medications and filling in his assessment numbers into the computer when his wife walked in. Almost immediately, his pale, fragile face lit up, and you couldn't detect, even in the slightest way, that this man is in intensive care, fighting for his life. Hi, darling, how are you doing? She immediately reached out to him, as if no one else in the room or in this world existed. She was laser focused on him and him alone. Their attraction felt so deep, like something you only read about or hear about. He pulled her against his chest. His nose tickled her ear and she smiled. And so did I. She finally noticed I was in the room and said, Oh, hi. Are you his nurse today? Yes, I am. I'm assuming you're his wife. I've had so much about you. Good things, I hope, she responded. And then we all laughed. I've actually had very good things about you. Admirable things, actually. Your love story is very beautiful. Beautiful. If you don't mind me asking, how did you decide that he was the one? At this point, I was so invested in their story, I didn't even worry about all the tasks I still had to do. She paused, as if trying to go back to that exact time and date she made this decision. I had already been married before I met him. I knew what marriage was like. Attraction is easy. It's a magnet and it's a thought inside your head that says this is it. Some of us get distracted by it and gravitate towards it and end up building something that was not supposed to exist in the first place. After my divorce, I never knew what specifically I wanted in a man. But what I was very crystal clear on was what I'd never wanted again. I did not want thin love. With them, I saw and felt a kind of love that barely exists anymore. The type that spans longer than a lifetime. I met Ken when I was 19. There was something captivating about him. Maybe it was his height, or his calmness, or his smile, or how he took everyone in, including me with such charm. His confidence was such a playful tune, as if he were the star of his own movie. I easily would have sat there all day with him, simply to listen and smile. But maybe I was also just fascinated by the relationship and the future I had built in my head, as soon as he showed interest in me. For some reason, I was always thinking that my life would be vastly improved by the existence of a guy, situationship or not. I found myself thinking that it will get so much better when I find romance, fitting or not. We hung out, spent a few months having dates here and there, and whether we were talking about football game that he was looking forward to, or watching a movie, it was just great to be in his presence. Every time his name popped up on my phone, my heart raced. Every time I thought about him, I got butterflies in my stomach. We were two people who liked to be around each other. We liked to speak to each other, but we never fully connected. I had to consciously stop my brain from overanalyzing and planning for a wedding and thought, I'll just go with the flow. Let each day build a picture until we have a defining the relationship conversation. But we never did. I always expected that we would get to a place of clarity, but we never did. Hey, how are you? What are you up to? I'm doing good, not much. How about you? I'm just chilling in the house, catching up on movies. Oh, nice to hear that. How's your weekend going though? It's going good. I wish you were here oh, I wish I was there too. I could come over if you want me to. Then silence for an hour and then two. I cling on to my phone for hours waiting for a response. Should I just go over there? I mean, he wanted me to, obviously, or he wouldn't have said that, right? And then more silence for a day, then two. I started to notice a new trend in behavior a few weeks after we had started going out. There was a push and pull, an on and off again aspect that was both confusing and extremely irritating. It was hard to move forward emotionally because every other week I was pulled close and then almost immediately pushed away. Through the phases of no response, I would go through the very devastating stages of text ghosting grief we go through. Phase 1. Maybe he's really busy and hasn't checked his phone yet. Maybe he's actually waiting for me to be more forward. Should I send a follow-up message just to be clearer? Maybe this guy is actually dead and he's in a ditch. Should I call the police? Then phase 2. If I put my phone down and I completely shut it off, by the time I turn it on, he surely would have responded. So... I continue with my tasks, acting like I'm not thinking about him, while confidently telling myself I'm an independent woman who needs no man. Phase three All the insecurities just well upon me. What if he's just not into me? Am I too pushy? Is he with someone else? Who's that girl though? Should I check his Instagram? Is he online? Should I buy him something? Eventually, I would get a response. And sometimes I wouldn't. But we continued seeing each other the next couple of months casually, with a cloud of vagueness and girl, get your ass out of this mess, hovering, begging to flood over me and wash away the dumbness. I build a narrative about the possibilities more than the reality. Ken and I, we build to nothing. On one hand, when we were around each other, our bonding was instantaneous and absolute, or I thought it was. Our conversations were my favorite. They were personal and real. On the other hand, the emptiness when he went cold drained me. And even when he responded, there was little to no response to my worries. Maybe I let myself get in that position because I never wanted to have a defining conversation. I was afraid of what being honest meant. I wasn't being honest about what I needed and I wanted. This man looked my way. So he definitely was somewhat interested in building something with me someday, right? I was fooled by the validation he gave me. I was satisfied with a bare minimum because I was reassured by my need for attention and love. My friend sat me down at this point and told me, you do not deserve this. If he's not putting in any effort, you shouldn't be giving him any chance at all. But I never listened. I clinged on to the conversation I imagined we would have in the future. A conversation where maybe he would switch from hot and cold to a happily ever after. Deep down though, I knew. I knew the lack of clarity from his end was an answer. I knew I was magnifying the one data a week we would have and the smaller expressions of affections from him and built something that was blatantly non-existent. I knew I was holding on to a promise that was never made. We never went past the almost feelings stage. Almost feelings meant clinging on to false hope. Spending hours missing a person who was an almost. There is no name for this feeling. It's not a relationship because you never labeled it. It's quite simply, almost. And in the end, almost is never enough. Sometimes I get upset with the power we hand over to guys. The power for them to decide when they want to pursue us. When to minimize and maximize the screen, which in this case is our hearts. We give them so much room to think about what they want. So we're in situationships for a couple of months, sometimes years, walking in a haze, blindly hoping that in the end, there is some magical clarity. We never even for a second stop to ask, But do I even want this type of love anyways? But closure happens right after you accept that letting go and moving on is more important than projecting a fantasy of how the relationship could have been. Mixed feelings and thin love should not be the norm but an exception. We should never linger to coach people through what they're feeling, trying to figure out what they want or don't want. In this case, being with you. And this never even started with Ken. There was guys before and after until I realized I was dating the same man in different bodies and the constant denominator was me and not me as an individual but the fact that I wasn't asking for too much. I just kept asking it from the wrong person. I was in a cycle where I thought I was actively seeking love but really I sought whatever was laid on my table not questioning whether it was genuine true or even worth my dang time. This is thin love. When we have no prerequisite no standard, and just take whatever. I grabbed my bag and keys and left work that day, but from the minute I sat in my car, keyed the ignition and started my drive home, I shifted in thought, vacillating between fear and faith. Fear that maybe, just maybe, Thin love is all some of us will ever know. In faith in the new insight I got from my wonderful patient's wife. When it comes to love, I may not know concrete must-haves, but I need to be more confident in the things that I do not want. Thin love has become what we idolize, exemplify, and identify with. And maybe that's what's so hearting about love. There's a freedom that comes with being alone and single, but there's also a magic in being seen and loved. And now that I'm older, I recognize that love is not a magical pill. It's a lifelong journey and a process, but it's also a choice. You choose how you love and want to be loved. And I hope you don't choose the mixed feelings kind, the thin kind.